You're listening to the Cross-Border Interviews with Chris Brown. Welcome to the Cross-Border Interviews with Chris Brown. I'm your host, Chris Brown, and I'm pleased to have our guest returning to the show to talk about her journey to run for the Alberta Liberal leadership. And as we all are aware now, uh, according to the email that was sent out by the president, no candidate was uh, uh, approved to run. So we wanted to bring Valerie Keefe back onto the show to talk about what the status of her bid was after she left us in June. So Valerie, thank you so much for doing this. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you back on the show. Well, thank you for having me to talk about this, Chris. Um, and first of all, I think that would have been much more accurate language uh, that you just used to describe the leadership race than the uh, party president, Helen McManaman, uh, used because yes, no candidates were approved to run. Uh, it most assuredly was not that, that I had decided that I needed more time to grow and build the party in other ways. Um, my, my, cam uh, my campaign manager actually, uh, before all of this started said, well, you know, best case we get them to break the party to show exactly how not open they are. And uh, that's what they did. Um, that wasn't my goal. My, my goal was, and, and what I was, was seeking the whole time, was an, an open discussion and the kind of debate that a party that's had its worst finish since Confederation should kind of have. But uh, that, uh, that the group of insiders, um, sorry, I'm supposed to be waking up now from this bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> no understandable but valerie i want to oh, start i want to uh while we're waiting you for you we'll cut this part out i don't know this is kind of podcast gold there we this go. is podcast gold. actually we'll leave it in then we'll, we will leave it in so let's See? start back to where we left off uh our last interview and that was you wanting to run you yes. wanting to put your name forward, you were having pushback from the party or the party wasn't talking to you. Uh, yeah. I want to just clarify what transpired to when we last talked. Well, uh, as far as I knew, I was running until June 13th. And then I stopped merely to stop uh, to avoid um, giving these people who seem to want every conceivable rule uh, means of disqualifying a candidate at at their disposal or their arm's length disposal. They're, they're very big on arm's length processes because apparently it's definitely a fair and unbiased arbiter if they appoint them. Um, oh my word. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, I had been running basically for, for about two weeks. Uh, they put a stop to that. So as far as I know, I'm the only person who publicly declared. I'm the only person who did anything resembling campaigning. Um, and, and they, they killed the race by making it completely inaccessible. And, and did they give you a reason why? Did they give you a reason? Because I know, because uh, you and I had chatted off the record, and I hope this is okay to talk about it, but you mm -hmm. were going to follow up with the party president, the board, the board chair, the vice president, to find out some rules and why they're trying to stop you from running. Did you get a response from that? I couldn't get them to give me a definition of the word campaign. Um, no, I, uh, the, the best I got from internal mailings was, well, the bylaws let the board set the, the terms of the election. Therefore, we're the board. We're setting the terms of the election. Yeah. We have tightened the rules. Pray we do not tighten them further. <sighs> I'm, um, 
I mean, I every once in a while, even though I see it coming for weeks, I'm completely flabbergasted uh, when when something happens. It's good to know that the prevent uh, that the provincial liberal executive uh, has has got the same level of arrogance, corruption, and incompetence as the, as the federal liberals are presently famous for. Because, my word, it's not just that they came up with some onerous rules to ensure that there wasn't a really open contest. They couldn't even find someone who could comply with them. And just just for transparency's sake, because yeah. I, I said this at the beginning of the interview before we started recording, but I want to put this on the record as well. We've reached out to the Alberta Liberals. We've reached out to the Alberta Liberals through their leader, through their emails, through their Facebook, through their Twitter, and we have gotten nothing. And we try to pride ourselves on being a non-combative show where we don't want to be the gotcha questions. We don't want to do that. But we heard squat. And I, I mean that with respect, because I know there are a few Alberta Liberal uh, people on the board and uh, supporters who listen to the show. And I, I will say this. If you don't like what we're saying, come on the show and tell us where we're wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong, and I'm happy to sit down and have a conversation with you. Um, the, the accountability and transparency from this party kind of seemed very suspect, in my opinion, because nothing was being said, and no one was even out doing the rounds on media shows or even CBC, CTV. There was nothing being done except you coming on my show, and that's how I knew there was at least one person who had publicly declared that they were interested in seeking the leadership of the Alberta Liberal Party. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to hear about these many candidates uh, that President, President McMenamin uh, was referring to in, in her statement. I haven't heard one of them, you know. I, again, yeah, I'm the only one with publicly available contact information. Um, I, 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 I gotta say, these guys have, I think, been in public life longer than uh, it's been that the Supreme Court recognized the duty of good faith in execution of contractual obligations. And so maybe that's why they think they can get away with this. Maybe it's like the the landlord I'm fighting, been fighting for uh, a while who you know they just never get held accountable so they can violate the warranty of habitability to remove tenants uh just freely but that's that's a whole other fun civil case um but how uh, how do because it's a culture it, of impunity i don't know it it looks bad right it looks bad that there was a candidate out there there was no reason or understanding from any like any person from the board saying this is why we're not allowing Valerie to run mm -hmm. and if they would have came out with that I'm assuming you would have been able to explain to them why you meet the criteria or why you're able to run for this position wouldn't mm -hmm. you have been able to if well, they were I, being more transparent well their criteria was designed to be selected so that so a public explanation I don't think was going to work because if you look at the rules and you really look at structurally, you know, who benefits from, from each of them, it's like, okay, so candidates can't campaign, it can't even so much as describe themselves as candidates until they are officially nominated and they can't campaign. Well, what does that do if you don't already have an attachment to a lot of insider Alberta liberal money? You can't really get started. You. Again, I would have been very happy to have a whole lot of low dollar events 
and and raise some money. Um, because the the uh, admission yeah. fee was six thousand dollars to enter the race, right? Yeah. Is that correct? That's six thousand. Yeah, six thousand. Um, I think it had to come in three stages. Uh, yeah, twenty five, one thousand, and then another twenty five hundred. Um, but yeah, uh, well, you know, it's kind of difficult to raise dollar one when you can't do the thing that you do to attract new members and new money to a party, which is go out and say, hey, I want to be the Alberta Liberal leader, and here's what we're going to do, come down to an event that we're having. You know, seems kind of suspiciously close to the word campaign, and it also seems like if I was kind of suspiciously close to having a prayer of winning, that that all of a sudden would have become a concern. Um, it, it really, It really felt like what they wanted to do was have the option at any time to remove anyone from the race more than they wanted to have uh, a race with objective conditions that were fair for everyone. Um, and you say it doesn't look good. I'm like, no, it, 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 it reeks to high heaven because at every single, at every single point, what they've done is they've, they've been like, okay, not only do you have to raise $6,000, but the way in which we've, we've structured the contest, which is more restrictive than what the United Conservatives uh, do. Because I know because I had a discussion with two United Conservative leadership candidates. Uh, I won't mention their, their names, but uh, one was, was definitely a god. was like, how are you going to raise deposit if you can't have campaign events? This is someone who had been campaigning before they were officially nominated um, and, and had raised the money in part that way. Uh, then, then the Green Light Committee which, you know, I mean, we can say it's standard practice. It definitely wasn't when a lot of these people joined provincial politics. Uh, the, it definitely hasn't been for a long time. And it's how Iran runs elections. Are we literally saying that, yeah, no, we're, we're at this stage in neoliberalism where you get the appearance of democracy, sort of. But a group of insiders uh, are going to tell you how the party is run. We're going to tell you how uh, LGBTQ and sometimes why inclusive the party is while we block a queer trans woman who spent a decade fighting hormone replacement restrictions from so much as mounting a campaign. Um, and, and just the, the staggering, what's the word? Uh, I guess we could go arrogance again. You know, I, I know it's a popular word to use to refer to, to longstanding liberal insiders, but the arrogance to think that anyone the executive points is more fit than a party to judge who has the ethical or technical or policy caliber to be a, a party leader is i mean it, it it literally is the executive saying we on the inside know better what makes a winner than all of you even though democracy is the crowdsourcing of opinion we're smarter than all of you and all of you that you conceivably present during this race and so to save this party from you unwashed morons who would literally elect a rotting zucchini leader if uh, we let you we have to stop and we have to save you from yourselves you know to defend democracy you're not really allowed a choice and um, and then no candidate may campaign or yeah well may campaign or may pass themselves off as a candidate well, since the leadership uh, campaigns expired, I'm no longer facing any sanction for admitting I was the only fucking candidate. Um, sorry. Hey, right. we've we've had politicians do worse on this show, so go for it. Yeah, no. Um, well, if only the Alberta Liberal Executive would appear on this show. You've had politicians do worse on this show. Um, this is unbelievably embarrassing. This is this is a mandate of. 
a, a mandate of disgust and disinterest. Nobody wanted this particular disaster. I saw someone in in uh, in one of the Twitter replies. I mean, I'm banned from Twitter for other fun reasons. Uh, I think I mentioned that last time. The hateful conduct ban I got for talking about how GSAs can hurt closeted kids. Um, but someone said, "Fine, I'll do it for fifty bucks." Which I guess you know he wants to get paid more than I want to get paid more. I know that was a, a regular complaint of Mr. Kong that he wasn't getting a leader salary. Um, but yeah, this is this is how bad this this group is. Not only are they incapable of managing to debate someone who you would think they should fairly easily be able to defeat. Again, in my experience with the Freedom Conservatives, I'm like, you could have had an election run Kathy Flatt and it would have been over in three months and you would have then had your mandate. But they, they're like, no, 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 we can't do that. Um, we, we can't so much as dignify the potentiality that we have an opponent. I'm, and I'll reiterate, this is, this is an impressive sign of, a, of how established, how afraid the establishment is of someone like me. Well, and I, I just want to, for clarity's sake, I'm going to read a part of the uh, the email that Helen, uh, I, for, I forgot how to pronounce her last name, McMenamin, the president of the Alberta Liberals, sent out to supporters the Monday after the leadership vote had canceled, had been, was supposed to be uh, filed, candidates were supposed to file by the 12th. This came out on the August 15th. And in her letter, and I want to get your response to this, this for a second, the Alberta Liberal Board of Directors will meet and discuss the next steps for or the party in the coming days. During this period, transparency with our members and donors is key. And I want you to know, I'm available to answer your questions and hear your concerns. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Now, we have talked in the last 15 minutes already, and transparency is one of these key words that we've been throwing around a lot. But um, when you read something like that, when you heard, when you, I'm assuming you got the same letter I did, that every everyone who signed up for the Alberta Liberal member, uh, newsletter uh, mailers gets. But when you heard transparency to our members and donors, what did you think? Um, well, first, you assumed wrong. Uh, I apparently didn't get that mailer. I had to find out from someone in the political grapevine. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here we are. Yes. But okay. Yes. But Pro you, profiles you, and petulance. Um, you, you read it. So what did you yes, think did. when you read it? Uh, I thought one, I'd like to see who the hell these other interested candidates were, <laughs> you know, maybe we could start a drywalling company or something. Um, and Secondly, I thought it was an exceptionally cowardly way of uh, attempting to erase the fact that one person who had declared their candidacy and had been campaigning for two weeks before they told her she couldn't, uh, as well as every other uh, potential candidate, um, that, uh, sorry, kind of lost my train of thought. This might be one of those ones we go over again. Can you ask the question again? Actually? No, my, my question is when when well, oh, the, yeah. the president says that we are going to, and I just want to make sure I get the correct wording here, right. we will meet and discuss the state of our party in the coming days during the period of trans with during this period, transparency with our members and donors is key. Now, again, I for transparency's sake, 
I have yeah. reached out to the Alberta Liberal Party on numerous occasions and I have heard nothing back from them. Yeah. I feel like I've been ghosted like I was in high school again. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, so it's, welcome, welcome to my world. This is this is why I've been the invisible girl in Alberta politics for so long. And and now you remind me. And then that's a reminder, I guess, that uh, one of the the, re the the ways in which people work when they're attempting to mislead or get something that's that's not justly theirs is they make the process as complex as possible. Um, I forgot to mention the best rule that apparently the executive forgot in all of those rules that they drafted while talking about how fair and balanced they were. There was supposed to be a two-week extension if they got no candidates. But I guess that was also at their discretion. So that if they had found a guy who was lined up that they really liked, they could give them more time selectively, but they're not even bothering to do that. Now, I uh, Twitter is a microcosm of society, and you know you should never believe what's on Twitter sometimes, because honestly, sometimes people can just make wild and misleading accusations against things that you just don't want to deal with. Um, there was a person who ran for the federal liberals out here in Alberta, who has now moved back to Ontario, who said that the party had their preferential choice for their leader, but that person did not run because they were doing other things. Now, this it has come out since that the campaign manager for this person who is in Lethbridge said, nope, that's not the case. We never wanted it. We were not going to run. Uh, they were focused on the federal party, not the provincial party. Um, did you feel like there was a preferential candidate in this election that they were the the board was looking for? I I I I feel like the moment that and I I had a really nice discussion with the with as I mentioned the last time with the party president um, and then it seems like someone who knew my name uh, finally heard my name in with respect to this executive process. And there are a few people who, you know, uh, are familiar with me and the issue I took with Mr. Khan's leadership. Um, and it was at that moment where the frantic search through the Rolodex began. I don't think they had, yeah, I, I continue to think their name was anything other than Valerie Moiriti. Um, I, I honestly think that they, they wanted to stitch this up, uh, a claim a leader, and pat themselves on the back, release some more press releases under that lovely little rainbow logo they have while uh, not holding accountable the government in waiting that spent $20 million a year keeping basic reproductive medicine out of the hands of uh, trans Albertans, mostly women. And yeah, that's all they wanted. The, the, they, the, I'm sure they had a list of people and the list of people were uninterested in, in taking the reins of the party after it had effectively admitted that it was in the implicitly campaigning for Rachel Notley and nothing else business. Um, this is this is a party that is self-destructing for one of two reasons, or really a combination of them. One, they don't want to, to win, and two, they don't want to admit that they've done anything wrong or made any policy missteps along the way that haven't served the goals that they are busy telling us so in, in with such pride and flowery language that they're achieving for us. Do you? Yes. What's your next movement? What's your next move here now? 
because I think that's at the end of the day what a lot of people are probably going to be asking themselves if they're listening to this and watching this. They're going, what what does Valerie do next? Because uh, for for transparency's sake, you've ran for the Freedom Conservative uh, Party leadership. You've ran for yeah. the uh, Libertarian liber- li- uh, leadership. Uh, you wanted to run for the Alberta Liberal leadership, but what's 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 oh, Valerie I ran for the Alberta Liberal leadership? They just stopped us from actually getting on the ballot. True, <laughs> but yeah, what's my next move? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, you've been nice enough to give this issue in-depth conversation. I guess I would like to announce here and now that I am campaigning for the leadership of the Alberta Liberal Party since right now they haven't got rules telling me not to. <laughs> um, God, this is so embarrassing. Uh, frankly, if they got... Would you want it, though? Yeah. Would you want it? Because let's yes, be honest. I like want if- it because it would be a mandate that these guys have to get out of a position of trust and that we can actually start opening up the party. Um, but if it was handed to me tomorrow, it was an acclamation. I would recognize, I would recognize that there is absolutely no more weak sauce mandate than an acclamation. And I would go to my executive and, and say, all right, it's time to set the clock on another leadership election. It's going to take an incredibly long time and I'm going to run to succeed myself because we need a real race. We need an actual discussion. We need the thing that builds parties, which is not everyone agreeing all the time and talking about how great they are. Um, you know, if if you you want that uh, social circle, well, I mean, you know, the members of the Alberta Liberal Executive have their names posted. You can look them up. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure they would they would like to have more people tell them what a good job they've always been doing. Um, but they're running out of people to do that literally to the point where they run out of people who will run uh, a leadership campaign under the terms and conditions that uh, they've set and then change at their, at their will. Um, would you is, consider yourself a liberal? I would consider myself part of the general grouping of people you could call liberals in a political science class. Um, so what does that mean to you? What does being liberal mean to you? Because uh, you ran for the FCP, you ran for the Libertarians. It seems like a very uh, large jump to jump from the FCP over to the Liberal Party. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the jump to the FCP was uh, somewhat lured under false pretenses, and I was trying to do there what uh, I was trying to do here, which is use the party's processes to expose the corruption of the leadership and put the membership back in, in charge of the party. Um, there I, I was saying I was, you know, obviously their token red Tory. Um, and, and here, well, um, I think that if we have changed the party principle, we're going to need to understand, uh, the, how we actually implement change in a way where it's successful and not just the current thing. Um, what does liberalism mean to me? I said it. Last time, uh, I'll, I'll say it again, the state is the guardian of the rights of the individual, the understanding that uh, markets and both positive and, and negative rights are essential to a functioning civil society, and that it is the role of government effectively to uh, let people be people as much as possible, and instead of telling them how to be people. That's the difference between I guess what we're now calling managerial liberalism, I don't know, it, it's neoliberalism under a new name, but this, this notion that, uh, that we can prescribe actions for people and we can tell them what science is when we're literally shutting down prominent scientists uh, when they have an, an idea or a view of a, a technological intervention 
that uh, isn't isn't currently held by the establishment. Uh, I mean, this is I, this is just another symptom of the same problem that has led to war in Ukraine. The same problem that has led to economic stagnation and productivity growth falling off a cliff. It's it's just it's just another symptom of the same disease. But that wasn't me defining what liberalism was to, to me. I'm bad no, no, but you did. In, in yeah. some sense, you did define it. And I, 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 I wrap up the interview with this because I want to make sure that we get back onto this Alberta Liberal Party leadership because that's why you're here. Because while you've officially announced your next run for the Alberta Liberal leadership, unless they've decided that they're going to make rules that says anyone who announced before the announcement can't announce. So, <laughs> well, that at least would finally be an objective. <laughs> rule, uh, but it would be violating a fundamental liberal principle of, of ex post facto uh, punishment for for laws that have laws, rules, and regulations that haven't already been enacted. Um, so you are a member of the board. You are the you are a member of the party. I should say I'm a member of the party. Yes. What's stopping you from trying to get elected to the board? Um, there's, because, there's that process, yes, and that's that's going to be happening. And I've been reaching out to some some people who've had long term involvement with the party who aren't uh, particularly satisfied. I mean, you know, they can frustrate, it, it's, it's much like online censorship, you know, they can frustrate us, they can slow us down, they can hide behind process, but all it ends up doing is convincing more and more of the membership, even more and more of the old guard, people who've been writing these guys checks for years that like, wait a minute, why the heck are they afraid of some fat trans screenwriter on welfare, like running an insurgent campaign from her basement apartment? What? Why are these guys so staggeringly weak that they can't find someone to, you know, win, or for that matter, multiple candidates interested in contesting the election? Um, I, I have been putting together some suggested roles. Uh, I don't think the party that that went that uh, went from four point two percent of the vote to one percent has any business raising its deposit by twenty percent when it does that. For one, um, I think I think we should be looking at something like fifteen hundred and five hundred of it being turned on good behavior. They should abolish the Green Light Committee. Like that that should be gone. And frankly, you know, let's do something that's the great media event that people have been missing for a long while. Let's do a delegated convention. I know it sounds more democratic to only spend three seconds thinking about your, your choice of leader instead of being in a in a hot, sweaty convention hall for a day and a half, hashing it out with eight other campaigns. But the other one is more democratic and the other one is representative democracy. You know, party conventions are supposed to be the effective parliaments of parties. And I've noticed more and more that, well, actually my entire time in uh, partisan politics, that party executives don't like conventions because that's when they can lose. But they're not just necessary. You, sh you should welcome that kind of examination. You shouldn't want to get a claim. Even if you're going to beat someone absolutely pathetic and it's going to look like a ridiculous exercise, at least you beat a warm body instead of an empty chair. And these guys couldn't even beat an empty chair. Um, just for trans, just for my own opinion on it, I love de delegated conventions. I think they're the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, yeah. I have been to numerous of them, federally and provincially, and I can tell you they are the the funnest events that I could you could ever go to. Because by the by the first ballot, you're like, oh, someone's gonna win. By the last, you're like, oh crap. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's the nature of coalition building. 
you know, I'm, and I was a delegate to the, the 2003 Progressive Conservative Convention federally. So like, if you want to talk about a delegated convention and the interesting fallout from saying, um, and, and the opportunities that it gives different political actors to, to make state, to make a point, to have an influence over the, the way in which the party develops, instead of it just being a one man band, you know, which if you, if you have that collaborative process, then you don't have to worry as much uh, about whether or not you have the right candidate in the first place, because you have engagement from more political figures. So they're going to be held accountable. Um, yeah. You know, it's congratulations there, the, you know, with the green light committee, they were rolling out the, uh, the cure to their own disease, uh, which is, yeah, one member, one vote sounds great. And, you know, every member should obviously have an equal opportunity to be a delegate or elect delegates, but, uh, there's a reason we have representative democracy. And I think we're discovering that with these, these very shammy leadership election processes that we're going through, which uh, are a lot easier to influence. Um, I'm not referring to any particular moment in time when someone may or may not have, you know, caused votes to come in or not come in, but you know, it's a, there's a much greater vulnerability there than there is with a with a delegated convention where people show up and they vote over multiple ballots in, in real time. It's, it's harder to cheat. Um, and it's harder to, to legally cheat too, you know, the, the kind of structural cheating. I always say when, when people tell me that uh, Canadian elections are rigged, I'm like, well, before the vote happens, which is what we just saw now. Um, yeah, uh, they're, they're running to their hidey hole to see how they can save uh, what they view as their personal property from the likes of me and a whole bunch of other people who think that freedom ought to be a liberal value. Um, since it's on the damn website. Um, my, my last question to you is this, Valerie. Um, we don't know what the future holds for the Alberta Liberals and all outsiders, all pundits right now are saying it's dead, it's over with. The final nail in the coffin was on August 12th when no person was green lit to mm -hmm. run for the liberal, uh, the Alberta liberal leadership. You're, you have hope though. You have yes. hope that the party is still a viable option for people. And I'm assuming by that, well, you assume yeah. that the liberal brand is still a needed presence in this province. Do you agree? I, I do. I, I think it's a needed presence. I think it's also needed to have discussions within the liberal brand in the province and across the country uh, about what liberalism needs to be. I think that voters are a lot smarter than the talking heads who have declared the Alberta Liberal Party dead, uh, that once again, it's a few experts in a room coming up with something that sounds smart, but really isn't and could lead to a lot of self-destruction. See how I managed to make parallels to all the issues I'm on? Um, yeah, Lenin was right. Everything is connected to everything. But uh, the the party itself is not dead. The current regime that has been running the party into the ground during the David Kahn years, and really at least since Raj Sherman left, and I I don't know. I I, I think they they had a lot of influence then too. Um, their time's up, and. It was never so more obviously demonstrated as when they failed to find their their bag man for the votes from the election they raped. They they 
they entrenched barriers unnecessarily to prevent candidates when you could have had a really fun free-for-all. You could have had a, a leadership election start in June and go all the way until mid-April, uh, maybe even late April. And they were like, no, instead of doing that, instead of having enough trust in you know what we're actually selling, that, that it's going to hold up in front of voters for you know eight months or, or 10 months, we're, we're just going to stop this before it starts. And they proved they couldn't even rig their own election because they couldn't even find a candidate to win for them in their own rigged election. Um, these people lost. These, you know, the, the current executive fell flat on their face. And I think this strengthens our case in the long run. And I think this gives us... Um, well, I, I, I almost want to call them the establishment vaccine because they're a much weakened form of the pathogen because these are people who, who literally could not organize a piss up in a brewery. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm still dumbfounded. It's like, this is, this is the kind of stuff that, that Canadian political humorists have, have dreamt about. And now I guess they have to retire because how can you top this? How can you top, how can you top getting together carefully devising a series of, of rules so that you can be assured of a clear field and then not being able to find someone to run the obstacle course that you're going to selectively uh, soften for them. When you can't even win a rigged game that you're, that you're rigging, it's time to retire. And, uh, and, and so it's, and it's also interesting, and I, I've been trying to tell these, these people and also some other, uh, you know, people in, in, who, who've been paying attention to this with some interest, that it was going to be a lot better to run a, a fair contest now if they were worried about some sort of odd candidate running, because now every political actor smells blood in the water. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not for me to name names, but, you know... If Helen wants to talk about many interested candidates, I'm like, I've already talked to potentially interested candidates who I'd love to debate with and would debate with at length. Um, none of this, this, you know, 90 second sound bite. Uh, we don't think voters are, are smart enough to understand nuanced issues kind of debates. I'm, I'm the kind of girl who wants seven three hour Lincoln Douglas debates with everyone. Um, well, if you know them, yeah. send them my way because I'd happy to chat with the potential candidates who are going to be potentially running for the Alberta Liberal leadership. I, I will. And, and if you're watching this and also want to run for the Alberta <laughs> Liberal leadership, let Chris know. Because I want it as, as large and as vigorous a contest as possible. Uh, and, and I think that would still be good for the party. In fact, I think that what they should do now is they should set a contest that will literally take them through the provincial election. They shouldn't go into this election with a leader. Especially after this face plant. Especially Will they after, even have yeah. candidates? That's the issue. Will they have yeah. candidates in this election? Because that is that that was the first question I had the moment uh, August twelfth passed and no one had officially been greenlit. Was the party seems like they are so lost right now that any potential candidate who is looking at potentially running for them is going if they can't find a leader. After having a leadership, well, if they couldn't approve a leader, why would they even approve me? Like, it seems yeah. like the hurdles are so high that you're not even playing, you're not even running hurdles. You're playing high jump in a hurdles field and everyone's going, okay, you have to do this correctly. And everyone's going, why? 
Yeah. Why? Because then it's a pretext. It is, as Laurenti Beria, a Stalin security chief, said, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. So let's make all of these potential violations that are subjectively read, and then we can enforce them against people we don't like, you know, just to, to let them know who's boss. Um, it's definitely time for the Alberta Liberal Party membership to let this executive know who's boss and to not just vote them out, but yeah, show up, run for a board position. Um, we're going to need a president who can um, lie more plausibly. Uh, I, I mean, I really, I, I cannot square that statement with what you've observed and what I've observed. They know that there are candidates who, you know, um, were candidates, but for the, the structural barriers they put in place and who did not feel they needed more time to learn or grow. I think these people need some time to learn and grow from the most spectacular self-inflicted mistake in, I mean, you know, Albertan political history has a lot of spectacular self-inflicted mistakes, but, but this, this one definitely is up there this year, this decade, this century. So you just, know, it's going to make a top 10 list somewhere. So for, for those who are wondering what uh, Valerie means when she, uh, she says learn and grow, Helen's letter to the membership, to the party supporter says, in I quote, there were several interested candidates, but some could not make the commitment for personal reasons. Other young leaders in the party feel they need more time to learn and grow while building the party in other ways before they step into the leadership role. So that's just for clarification. If you're wondering why she kept on saying learn and grow, that was the reason what, that is the reference that she's making. Yes, they're, they're, they're condescending press release bullshit. But it was nice of her to call me young. Um, oh. well, well, not mentioning me by name. <laughs> Um, Valerie, I want to thank you so much for doing this. I know it was it did not turn out the way you wanted it to, but no. you will, I'm assuming, you, you seem like you're a strong-headed woman, and you will get out there and you will make sure you knock some heads and take some names while trying to still continue running, as you just heard it here on the show. She's officially announced that she is running for the leadership of the Alberta Liberal Party for the leadership election of insert year or date and time here but we do have an actual highly recommend candidate. august 23 <laughs> there you go we mm -hmm. have an official candidate well we have an, uh, a declared <laughs> candidate a declared, a, a declared candidate that they are going to run and again alberta liberal leadership board alberta liberal leader john rogan son rogan haven or however you pronounce his last name <laughs> if you wish to come on this show and talk about what the hell happened over the last few months. We would love to have it, not in the 15 second soundbite, not in the minute soundbite that you get on the news, but an actual in-depth conversation about the state of the party and where the party goes from here. We would love to have you on. So do not feel afraid to contact us. We've contacted you enough times to know where my email address is. Yep. But Valerie, thank you so much for doing this. And I'd be happy to, to have that discussion with them as well. Um, you know, maybe maybe this should be a debate. Maybe, maybe they should try to justify these rules in front of an actual audience for more than three seconds. Yeah. Um, but, you know, fortunately, no one in the party has signed a declaration saying they're not going to sue these people for this absolute travesty. So... I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Um, I should also, I guess, mention 
they, you were saying, where are they going to find candidates? Um, I'm definitely going to seek the nomination of the Alberta Liberal Party in Edmonton Strathcona because somebody needs to hold Rachel Notley accountable, even if John Roggeveen and Helen McMahon and Gwyneth Midgley don't think that, uh, that she should be in the interests of Albertans. I think it's in the interest of Albertans to have democracy. Well, there you go. You've heard it here first as well. Valerie Keefe will be running, will be seeking the nomination because you got to make sure you say oh, it yeah. correctly. Seeking well, the that, nomination, that true, seeking the nomination for the Alberta Liberal leadership of Alberta Liberal uh, nomination for Edmonton Strathcona when their green light committee or green light process or nomination process or candidate selection process, whatever you want to call it, starts here. Um, Valerie, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another great edition of the Cross-Border Interviews with Chris Brown. I want to remind everyone, because I say this enough, but I'm going to keep on hitting it until I'm six feet under this earth. Get out from behind social media. Go have a conversation with somebody. Be accountable, transparent with your words and not with your tweets. Get out from behind social media. Have a conversation. It makes our democracy. It makes our society. and makes us better as a people. So with that, have yourself an excellent day. And remember, everyone, keep talking. Cross-Border Interviews with Chris Brown was produced and edited by Miranda Brown Associates Incorporated. To learn more about us, visit crossborderinterviews.ca.